Hello and welcome back to the itinerary, episode number 22. So glad you can join us today. I am Jared Schwartz. I am Melissa Schwartz. And we have very special guests coming on. This week we are talking food, photography, food, Instagram. Hannah Mabelum of Big Belly Bites is all set to join us, and we're excited to talk to her, all things food. It, it's like a craze these days, right? Like, you go to restaurants, and you see people whipping out their phones, bringing in, uh, you know, the Canon camera around their neck. Um, even the high-end restaurants, like the top 50 restaurants that we go to around the world, we, we see people just snapping pictures left and right. So... No, and I think that some places even now have those, like, flashlights to see the menus, which help with food photography, so... Yeah, good backlighting is always totally. important. Rule, rule of thirds, I, I mean, remember as that. as we're going to be taught on, on this episode, um, you got, got a lot of uh, helpful tricks and tips there. That's right. Um, so Hannah will be coming on in a minute. Um, so last week, very cool episode, uh, Erica Levine-Weber... Um, was on from the World Wide Webbers, and she was talking everything uh, ch- travel with children, 61 countries with two toddlers. And counting. Man, pretty impressive. She had wild stories. So if you want to go back, if you missed that one, um, click back episode 21. Uh, she talks about her trip to Uzbekistan as well and why it, may, it should be on your bucket list when you, not, you may not even know where it is right now. Um, so click back on that one, and of course, get any of our episodes uh, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, just search the itinerary, download, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, five stars, of course. And if you want help planning your next trip, uh, you want to maximize the value of those points and miles, that are saved up, just go to the website, the itinerarytravel.info. That's the itinerarytravel.info. Very easy there. Just click on the contact us tab at the top and you can write in a message. Um, helped a lot of people so far, whether you want to go uh, internationally across the pond, you want to do London, you want to go to Asia, we've done South America, or you want to take a quick trip to the Caribbean or Mexico as well. Um, even if you're looking uh, to go you know, over to California and you want to do domestically, but uh, the prices are sky high and you have those points and miles saved up, we can maximize the value for you. Uh, Very easy to get in touch there. Um, So you ready for Hannah to join us? I am. All right, let's go. Let's welcome in our uh, special guest this week from... Big Belly Bites, Hannah Mablum. Thanks so much for joining us, Hannah. Hi, guys. It's awesome being here. Thanks for having me. So we're talking food photography today, and how would you describe your brand? I would describe my brand as colorful and fun, and, um, you know, I started off by saying that um, Big Belly Bites came around because I'm definitely not a big girl, but... um, my food Instagram would say otherwise. I love to post um, food porn, everything cheesy, everything chocolatey, and anything that would really get your mouth watering. What is f- what is food porn? Um, food porn is kind of a less explicit version of porn, but with food. <laughs> um, it is anything that's kind of very catching to the eye, um, makes your mouth water, wants you having more, um, you know, those really close-up shots of 
whether it's dessert or a nice piece of meat or whatever really gets you going. So it seems like even at the most high-end restaurants these days, when like food comes out, people instantly take out their phone or even like a heavy-duty camera for some professionals. Why do you think this has become so popular? Um, that's a great question. I think that, you know, everyone wants to just show where they're at, what they're doing, and it's kind of another thing to be able to post instead of just a picture of yourself and I think that you know people can kind of almost get more jealous by what you're eating rather than seeing a picture of you um, in a scenery that they can't really figure out where you are. So from what I saw this started for you back in 2015 with a simple picture of a homemade grilled cheese. How has it grown from there? Um, so it actually started off with I was always posting food pictures on my own Instagram when I was in high school, and I would have my friends all the time tell me that I needed to find somewhere else to be posting it, because I was posting a picture of food every day. Um, so that's where Big Belly Bites came in. It started off with a simple grilled cheese. Um, I really didn't have that many food pictures. I didn't really know what I was doing to be honest I just saw that this was something that was starting to be up and coming and um from there I started you know whipping my phone out at restaurants um it got me out of my shell and pushed me to go to restaurants that you know I wasn't always going to and ordering things on a menu that I wouldn't typically order because I wanted to be able to get that shot to share with people on Instagram that's interesting because, I mean, that was one of the questions that I had lined up. Like, how often do you go out to restaurants and order something that you don't even touch just just for the picture? Um, I think that it's definitely more than I ever would have, but I also think that that's something that um, I also have started, you know, getting in contact with restaurants and saying, hey, I want to come to your restaurant and I see you have this outrageous milkshake or this grilled cheese or um whatever it might be that I've seen on Instagram saying that I really want to put that on my feed um and sometimes they'll respond very positively and say oh we'd love for you to come in and shoot that and then you know I don't have to order that and I could still order what I want to be eating for dinner or lunch or sometimes they'll respond oh that's awesome like we can't wait to see you around um <laughs> And then I have to make that decision myself of whether I want to order it um, or, you know, choose something that I'm actually going to really be eating. Do you ever order meat dishes? Because I feel like I never see meat on your Instagram, and I know you're a vegetarian, but, like, if a place is really known for a meat dish. Um, so I don't ever order a dish, and on my feed I'll never post a picture of meat just because that's not who I am, and I don't want to post something that I – Totally. Can't say that I liked or didn't like. Mm -hmm. um, I have gone into restaurants and I've taken pictures of me, and I'll give them those photos for them to use um, on their own social media. And I'm happy to take pictures of me. Um, I don't love touching it, <laughs> or um, I'll have someone else take a bite of a hamburger. That's the shot that I think will look good. Um, but no, I've never put a picture of me on my own feed. I will say I love meat, but, like, I kind of don't love pictures of, like, a juicy steak where you can see the blood. So I kind of, I kind of 
never feel that way about your Instagram because there's never any blood because there's no meat. Yeah, I think also the thing with meat is that um, it's not, like, cooked to its true self for photography. I think that it needs to be either overcooked or almost, like, manipulated in some way Mm -hmm. for it to not look gross gross on Instagram so even in that sense I don't know I just don't really think that meat shots are always like true to what the dish really is and I like to post things that I really like to eat and that I could say to people yeah this was so delicious not oh I saw it but I don't know what it tastes like a lot of people um from a social aspect of this like follow a lot of you know food accounts the the pictures are obviously very unique and colorful like when you're behind the camera or you're on the business side of this um what was like the engagement like at the beginning and did you have a moment where you were like ah this this like could be something pretty big um so in the beginning i actually found engagement a lot easier to get um because there weren't that many food instagram accounts out there um and as time kind of went on accounts started doing reposts and those accounts were kind of the ones that started taking off because everyone wants their pictures to be reposted and you know it's another feed into they think that they'll get more followers and the whole social media satisfaction so I think when those started taking off as a a page that only posts my own unique photos um, I think that I really had to think about what I was doing and what I really wanted from having a food Instagram. I love to do it because I love food and I love taking pictures of my food where there are other people that are doing it for a living. Um, sometimes I'll see that my my um, engagement isn't that high or that people aren't interacting with some of the stuff that I am doing and I do always post on my stories asking for things that would be more engaging with my followers Um, but if that's not what I really want to be posting or that's not what is something that's really true to what I like Mm -hmm. then I'm not really going to change it. So like as you've seen this evolve over the last few years if somebody like is truly just like a, a fan of photography and enjoys taking pictures you know, of food or out at restaurants. Is this something that you think can grow into something else as a business-wise, whether it's with partnerships or, you know, opens new doors, uh, you know, in the business world? Or is this strictly more of just, like, something for fun? Totally. I think that it can open doors, and I think that it has. I've had um, brands reach out to me to send me products or to see if I wanted to um, review their products, if that's something that I use and um you know that's kind of where I am a little bit hesitant I only would post something that I actually like whereas there are other um accounts that will just kind of post anything to either get free products or just to be with another brand Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of where for me it's more of like um I do it for fun I'll only really interact with brands that I'm already using in my life that I know that I like or a new product that came out that sounds like something that I would like. Um, And then it has opened some doors. I actually found my internship through um, Instagram last year. I ran the social media for the New York City Wine and Food Festival. 
and I found them on Instagram and originally reached out to them on Instagram. So that really opened some huge doors for me. And then kind of from there, um, you know, I've interacted with a ton of restaurants and other influencers on Instagram. So I think that while I do it for fun, it also definitely opens up a lot of doors and opportunities for me as well. Jared, can you imagine getting an internship by sliding into someone's DM? I feel so old hearing that, but it's so smart of you to do that. And it's so easy for them to then just like take a look at, you know, your portfolio, which is your Instagram. But I just, I feel like we're not that much older than you, but I feel like when we were looking for internships, jobs, it was like a different world. So it's so funny. I actually told my older brother um, that I did that, and he was freaking out. He's not that much older. He's 28. And he was telling me that's the most unprofessional thing you can do. Oh, my God. How are you going to, like, recover from that? Like, what if they tell all these other companies? And then I started getting paranoid. I was like, oh, my God. I just slid into a company's DMs. Like, what am I doing? Like, I can't take it back. Should I delete? Instagram and then I was like waiting and I saw that they opened the message and like my heart is beating I like couldn't sleep for two days and then the next thing I knew they messaged me back here's my phone number give me a call and then I went through the interview process and at the end when I got an offer I called my brother and I was like times are changing maybe you should start finding in people's DM (laughs) for you like what makes the perfect food photo? I um, really think that colors are what do it for people. Um, I just love, like, when there's a lot of bright colors. Like, I know that people love pasta, but I just think that it's so much more aesthetically pleasing to see red and blue and green and like real colors rather than just you know a plate of yellow pasta um so I like I get more drawn to whether it's a salad or a colorful milkshake or a rainbow cake um those are more things that I tend to lean towards and I also um am a little bit more on the cleaner side than I am of like a like a mushed up piece of cake or a broken cookie um i tend to like go more towards whole things or something that's sliced neatly so for one of your pictures that you post i think people would be interested to know like how many different pictures of that food are you taking um is there any editing going on like what is the process like for you um you most definitely don't want to see my camera roll i probably take about 20 or so pictures of the same food from different angles with different lighting um my family definitely does not enjoy sitting at the dinner table with me because (laughs) it takes me 10 minutes to take pictures before they can touch anything um in terms of editing I actually don't edit that much sometimes I'll clean up the lighting or if there's like a smudge on the plate that's the only thing that's ruining the photo I'll clean that up um but otherwise I I tend to like to post things that are pretty natural. I think that it's a little bit still more true to what the food is rather than people who um, over-edit a little bit and makes the food look unrealistic. So then when their followers go and get it and they are like, hmm, that's not what it looks like in this photo, 
then they're not disappointed when they see what I post. The majority of your pictures, I would say, are like sweets or desserts. Is that your your go-to in real life, or do they just photograph better than really anything else, like you you mentioned with the colors? I love sweet food. Um, I would never eat like a full cake or something like that, but that's like my favorite thing to taste. So if I'm walking around the city or something, I'm always stopping in somewhere just to like take a bite of something or try something um so I just say that I always have a lot more opportunity to be posting Mm -hmm. that kind of food and also my go-to food is usually salad which is not that (laughs) exciting to post so I also think that um you know people are more excited about the dessert than my chopped salad. <laughs> I just couldn't have like a single bite of a dessert. I you must have a lot of willpower. <laughs> I just really like to try things, and also then I don't know if I walk in with a friend or something or a family member. If we get one or two things, I'd rather taste it than have a full thing to myself. Have you ever been yelled at in a restaurant for taking pictures? Um. specific like time I've been yelled at I've definitely been looked at weirdly because I I will stand up at the table to get that overhead shot or <laughs> get I'll it have, girl <laughs> or I'll have someone turn their flashlight on if I don't have a light with me to get the lighting right which definitely looks weird at some restaurants um and I think what you guys said, you know, some of the older generation just doesn't really get it. So if I'm at a nice restaurant doing that, they look at me like I have 11 heads. <laughs> um, but some of those restaurants have food that are so picturesque and other people aren't really willing to do it. So I kind of think that it's funny. And also sometimes it will spark up a good conversation with the people at the table next to me because they'll have to ask, like, why are you doing that? Um, so I've been able to meet some people through that as well and increase your following (laughs) of course what is like i mean based off what melissa just said like what for you what's the best way to increase the following and what have you seen in the past that works the best um i think for an account like me that only posts my own photos the best way to increase my following is from um, larger accounts that do repost reposting my pictures or um you know when I first went to college I told everyone that I had a food Instagram um so I was getting all those followers and it was like the biggest network for me because then they were telling all their home friends like oh my god my new college friend has this really cool Instagram like you should follow it and then their school friends started following it so I think for me that was the biggest um place for me to get followers um and it was also cool because I was meeting all these people at school it was a great icebreaker for me to say all these things um but otherwise I think just kind of also commenting and interacting with other accounts on Instagram is a great way when other people see your name and they click on it and then they'll go and follow you so you mentioned like at the beginning you were kind of at the start of this food photography craze and now everybody it seems has jumped on board is there a next phase in food photography and food Instagram or like in your opinion, how can it become even bigger? Um, I think that it's 
starting to become bigger in the sense that um, a lot of brands are starting to reach out and are using influencers instead of like traditional, just professional photographers. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a very interesting thing to see evolve. I I think that, you know, from especially the age that I am to be able to really see see both and be at the beginning of the trend of Instagram and seeing how it's evolved from start to where it is now that um, for influencers food um, beauty or whatever category they may be that it's starting to become a profession for some people Um, I don't think that I'll ever have just big belly bites be what I'm doing but I do see that it can be that for people and I know that there are people already that that is what they're doing every day we're joined by Hannah Mablum and you want to check out her Instagram it's at big belly bites as she mentioned and if people go there and look at your photos a lot of your food photography is from your travels um, either here at home or internationally and uh, we wanted to talk about your recent trip you had a big one overseas Um, We're going to focus on Vietnam. I know you went to a couple of other places as well. Um, How did you decide on going to Vietnam? Um, And what was, like, I guess the one or two things that caught your eye that you're like, oh, I want to check this place out? Um, So I recently just graduated from Emory University. And after graduation, I really wanted to go on a trip somewhere that I've never been. Um, I've been pretty fortunate to go to most of Europe, so I wanted to do something that was totally different. Um, I had a list of places. I was looking at Australia, Japan. Um, I've always had Thailand on my list, and um, I just kind of started doing some research about what there is to do in all these places, the weather, and um, Thailand just kept being at the top of my list, so I wanted to you know, see some other places around there. And for graduates, for some reason, Southeast Asia has become a very popular um, That's true. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Um, I think that a lot of people have studied abroad in Europe, and it has just become so easy for us to travel while we're there. You know, you could get a flight for $49. Right. So most of us have been to a lot of cities in Europe and want to do something different. And I think that the Southeast Asia trip is, um, besides the flight, I think pretty accessible for everyone. And once you're there, most of the cities are pretty cheap for Mm -hmm. recent graduates to be going to, depending on how you do it. And um, I think that, you know, there's also the nightlife there um, and there's great food, beaches. And I think that you can also do tourist sightseeing things as well. So when you were starting out this trip, and we'll get into Vietnam in a second, um, when you flew from the U.S. overseas, where did you fly to? What airline did you go on? Did you Were you in business? Were you in the back? How'd you guys do it? Um, we actually flew from New York to Seattle, okay. and then Seattle to Seoul. We went through Delta, and we flew business class. Um, we did it that way because um, we booked our trip a little bit last minute, uh-huh. and um, we used miles to get there, and I've also never been to Seoul. I have um, some pretty close friends from Emory that 
actually from Seoul, and it was a place that I just wanted to see. So we turned that into our layover into a destination. So we were in Seoul for 24 hours before we really started our trip. That's pretty cool. I mean, we we flew to Seoul as well when we were going to Tokyo. Um, we didn't spend the 24 hours, but looking back, that was probably a good idea. How was, I mean, you, you've traveled, you know, a bunch of places internationally. How was your experience on Delta in business class? Cause we've flown them a lot. Um, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. What did you think and compare it to, you know, other airlines you've flown in, in business? Um, sure. So our flight from New York to Seattle was the, um, large pod seats, which was Mm -hmm. nice and comfortable. Um, I didn't eat because I was really tired, so I slept. And then our flight from Seattle to Seoul um, was clean. The food was pretty good. And then I ended up also just sleeping again because we were landing um, and had a full day there. So I don't really, I didn't really use very many of the amenities on. So will you ever or have you ever Instagrammed airline food? I have not. Um, I would love to see an airline have something that is worthy of Instagramming. Yeah. But no, I don't foresee Instagramming airline food. (laughs) And then how did you end up getting to Vietnam? Um, We then flew, I think we flew Vietnam Air from Seoul to Vietnam. Okay. And, and it, was a, it was a short flight. It was only like four hours, so it was nice and easy. So kind of set the scene. What what does Vietnam look like? What it, How did it compare to the other places that you were? So Vietnam was a little bit of a shell shock for me. Um, like I mentioned before, most of my travels have been in Europe, which... You know, it's not that much different than the U.S. comparatively. Um, Vietnam was very much developing. So when I was walking around on the streets and seeing, you know, the 15 by 15 apartment that nine people are living in. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was very eye-opening for me. Um, I thought that it was just so incredible that in a place that is so different from where we live that the people were so incredibly happy. There was no one that was not smiling when you were walking around in Vietnam. Where'd you guys stay? In Hanoi, we stayed at the South Hotel, which was absolutely gorgeous. And how many nights were you there for? We were in Hanoi for two nights. Okay. And then you went on to other places in Vietnam? Yeah, in total we were at um, four places in Vietnam. Okay, so what were those other places and where'd you stay for those? Um, After Hanoi, we went um, on a river cruise, a Halong Bay, with um, the Orchard River boat. Oh, wow. Which which was great. It was a two-night river cruise. Um, It was actually parallel to... Halong Bay, so it was a little less crowded with tourist boats. Had you ever been on a river cruise before? I have not. That was my first river cruise. What did you think? I thought that it was great, and I thought that, 
you know, the, the sites just never got old. I thought that, like, when we were first getting into it, that I was going to kind of be over seeing just, like, the water with the big structures on the side and the grass. Um, but I would sit up on the top of the boat whenever I could and just, like, always was amazed by what was coming next. How did, um, like, the diff- the four different places, what differentiated them for you? I think that as we um, went more south, um, we started in the north at Hanoi and we ended in Saigon. And by the time we got to Saigon, it was much more of a developed city. Um, so I think as we went down, it kind of got more and more um, city-like or, you know... Hoi was also not very city-like, but it was definitely more um, structure than it was in Hanoi. So as we got there, I think that um, Hanoi was definitely a big shock to me, especially as our first stop. Mm-hmm. But as we kept going, it kind of got more developed and more like a city. And then actually, in terms of food, which was pretty interesting, it went from... Um, very spicy food um, to kind of ending in like a sweet note. That's interesting. I mean, I mean, that's a good transition to the food right there. Um, let's talk about like some of the places that you ate and I guess more so for the food photography, what kind of stuff maybe were you seeing there that you took shots of that you weren't able to get in other places? Sure. So actually our first day in Hanoi, we did this incredible food tour with a food blogger that we found which was awesome we walked around the city um it was a great way to get to see the city but we were also stopping at places to taste their local cuisine um as we were walking we actually saw this woman squatting on the side of the like street and I was like kind of panicking a little bit because that is so not me I do not eat street food I am definitely not eating from someone squatting on the side of the street and our tour guide stopped and he was like okay here's our next stop and I kind of you're like no my parents on my face went a little bit white like I was just like no way and this woman was cooking an omelet with fresh herbs mm-hmm. and I was a little bit freaking out she definitely didn't like the whole situation did not look the cleanest and I said to the guide are you sure this is safe like I this is our first day here I'm not getting food poisoning and he kept saying no it's gonna be great it's gonna be great and I told myself you know this is a once in a lifetime time opportunity like you have to try it so I tried it, and it actually ended up being so amazing. The herbs were so fresh. It was paired with this, like, spicy um, dipping sauce, and I was so happy I tried it. And I had to take pictures, and I sent it to, like, everyone I knew saying, oh, my God, I just ate from here. <laughs> Did it end up being, the like, your favorite thing that you ate there? I definitely would say that it was one of my favorites, um, just because... Well, first of all, the herbs were fresh from Hanoi, so that it could not have been, like, a stronger um, taste. And then just the whole experience to me was something that I would have never done. Um, so it kind of added to it. What were some of the other standout dishes or, or restaurants that you went to there? 
some of the other standout dishes were, um, they're pretty known for their um, banh mi, which is a type of sandwich. Um, I obviously had a vegetarian version. I thought it was great. It was kind of like a sandwich on a French baguette. <laughs> Sorry. And um, in Hanoi, it started off pretty spicy, and I love spicy food. So to me, that was one of the great things that I had while we were in Hanoi. Nice. Um, and and, oh. No, I was just, yeah, go ahead. Um, and then as well with him, we tasted these, like, sesame doughy, I, I don't know what the name of them were, but they were, like, little fried dough balls that had sesame in it. That was also something that you could just kind of get off the side of the street. Mm -hmm. That was pretty good as well. Did that kind of open your eyes to street food in a new way? Like, if you went somewhere else, like, would you be more down to try different things now? Um, in some sense, yes, but I will never be eating, like, all guys off the side of the street in New York City. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> Tried it once, don't have to go back. <laughs> um, what You mentioned the river cruise a little bit. What are some of the other activities that you guys um, did there that you would recommend or that you wouldn't recommend? Uh, the first day that we went on the river cruise, we stopped at a cave, and you walked through the cave. It was up about 150 flights of stairs. Um, that was incredible. It gave us some of the best views that we had while we were in Halong Bay, and it was just really cool to walk through a cave that was once used for living. Um, in Hoi An, um, we stayed at the Anantara, which was pretty close to their um, river, so it was really awesome to be able to walk around at night. Um, there, it's always lit up with all these colorful lanterns, and we were actually there right when school finished, so there were always kids running around, um, but it wasn't really crowded with tourists, so it was kind of fun to see and to see their local culture at night. Um, it was pretty interesting, though. It was always shut down by, like, 9.30. Everyone was packing up and going <laughs> in, um, which was not not usual for us, but it was nice to see, and it was nice and empty after everyone left. So we kind of um, give an overall score of, you know, the review of the itinerary where you went by giving out passport stamps. So for Vietnam, zero through 10, 10 being the best, what would you give, how many passport stamps would you give Vietnam and why? I would give Vietnam, I think eight passport stamps. Um, for me, it was just something so different than anywhere I've ever traveled. Um, I think that the cities that we did go to um, I didn't touch much on Saigon but I think the cities that we did go to were uh, very interesting and all had great culture and um, you know I learned a lot about different ways of living and different histories of places that um, you know than I would learn in school so I thought that was great and then you know I'm always all about the food and I love the food I love the spices um we did cooking classes and food tours and for me those were just awesome experiences that um I will brave about for a while and which was your favorite city in Vietnam 
I think my favorite city was probably Hoi Am. Um, just in terms of the activities that we did, I don't think that there was like one city specifically that stood out um, just on its own, though. Okay, so eight passport stamps for Vietnam. Um, so we'll wrap up with this uh, little quick fire thing. I'll throw out a question to you. You give me kind of the first thing that pops into your head, okay? Yeah. Favorite food picture you've ever taken? Um, oh, God, that's hard. <laughs> Stumped you on the first one. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't think I can have a favorite. I think that I only really take pictures of food that I like, so it's hard for me to pick one. <laughs> okay, we'll pass. Uh, filter or no filter? No filter. iPhone, Samsung, or a regular camera? iPhone. Which version? 10. Okay, best dessert in America. Wait, I'm sorry, ask Jared what um, iPhone he has. Jared, what iPhone do you have? I'm rocking the 6. Jared, go on. go Going on, uh, it'll be five years in September, I'm hanging on for dear life. Yes, it has a camera and it takes great pictures. Uh, best dessert in America. Back to the real stuff. Uh, ice cream. Favorite vegetarian restaurant? ABCB in the city. Place you want to visit the most just to take food pictures that you haven't been to? Like a city or a restaurant? City. Australia. Most over-the-top dessert you've seen? Probably the black top milkshake. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking, too. And we'll wrap it up with a simple one. Vanilla or chocolate? Vanilla. <laughs> okay. Where can people uh, see your work and get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Um, you can see my work on Big Belly Bites. My email is there. My phone number is there. I answer my DMs. Or you can also get in touch with me on my personal Instagram, which is hmaybloom. All right, there you go. Hannah Mablum from Big Belly Bites. Hannah, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So that was Hannah Mablum from Big Belly Bites. I didn't know you could do so much with food photography. All these tips and tricks and lighting and... That uh, camera roll. Yeah. Over 20 pictures per... Her actual item. picture that, that she posts. Right. Um, and you can really turn it into a business as well. Like brands are partnering up. Um, engagement is high. Um, and she's been at it for a while. So it's interesting to talk to somebody um, who has a craft for that. And, you know, obviously she's passionate about um, food and photography. And you can check her out as well at Big Belly Bites. So uh, Vietnam as well. Um, we'd never been there, and so it was interesting to hear her take not only from the food perspective, um, but you know, comparing it to other places over in Southeast Asia, um, what she thought, and and everything like that. So, um, super interesting place. Uh, Southeast Asia is really hot right now. Totally, it's like I think it's like very reasonable once you get there. So Hannah's a recent college grad, so I think that that definitely made sense for her to travel there. No surprise there. Um, and you get to do a lot of different countries, um, all very different and interesting. Yeah, like I feel sometimes like people just 
group together Southeast Asia, but there are so many countries that make up that area. And they're so different, and you mentioned they're close together, so it's easy to get to, it's relatively cheap compared to other places in the world. Um, so Southeast Asia, yeah, as a whole, but um, this one to Vietnam, uh, pretty interesting as well. Totally. Um, you book so, our trip later? I might have to look up what the points can get us, and if you want to uh, book maybe a trip. Maybe we will be your next client. Yeah, maybe. Um, if you want to use those points and miles, as Hannah mentioned, they used uh, points on Delta to go uh, from JFK, stop in Seattle, and then over to Seoul. Um, they took the lie flat seats on Delta. If you want to do a trip like that as well or somewhere else, um, just get in touch. Go to the website, the itinerarytravel.info, and we're here to help you um, get the most value of those points and miles that you've been saving up. There's many tips and tricks we'll share with you, many third-party carriers as well. You may not know how it works, but we're here to explain it to you. Um, so head to the website and get in touch. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. Five stars, of course. Um, download the itinerary, whether you listen to it on iTunes or Spotify or any of those. And most importantly, tell a friend Tell a friend. All right, we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.